We are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in, we will never give up, and we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and you know, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Good morning. Another MAGA morning. Good morning to all you Magadonians out there. I love all the names that the left comes up with and we just dominate them and shove it down their throat. Anyway, it's Thursday, which means it is Freedom Friday Eve. Freedom Friday is my favorite day. Uh, one, because it wraps up the week. And two, we do Freedom Friday in the evening, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We did uh, We the People Radio last night, James, Curry, and myself. So if you missed that, uh, go take a look, at, watch that at the Rumble channel. We talked about Hawaii. We talked about the indictment, of course. We the People Radio, that was last night. Uh, we typically do We the People Radio on Tuesdays. Oh, well, we did it on Wednesday this week. We're always live Tuesdays and Fridays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, right here. Hit the follow, hit the like, hit the rumble channel, hit the, the rumble button, wherever you're watching, just hit the follow, especially rumble. Rumble's important, growing the rumble channel. Just started the rumble locals, got a few subscribers over there. It's five bucks a month. I'm going to, once we get a gang of uh, people there, we'll start doing some uh, exclusive content. I want to do giveaways. I want to just build a MAGA community. Uh, and we got some, we always got some great regulars in uh, coming in every day. I see AP Unfiltered in the chat. I mentioned him yesterday. He's got a Rumble channel, AP Unfiltered. Go follow him too. And uh, I'm going to make time this weekend and check out your channel. So your videos better not, better not suck. I'm only kidding. I'm just, I'm just breaking chops. I'm a ball breaker. <clears throat> so, what do we got? Obviously, this ongoing Georgia indictment is just going to keep looming and ongoing and all this crap. And, you know, I was thinking about it a lot last night as I'm laying in bed staring at my ceiling because my brain never shuts off. It never does. And it's all important to talk about. It's all important to pay attention to because uh, to, to realize what nefarious things our government is capable of, and uh, I, you know, I believe our our government's capable of things uh, beyond our wildest imagination. 
uh, evil things that they can do and accomplish. We've seen it in real time. We've seen it throughout history, and we're going to continue to see it. I mean, they literally want to they want to lock us down again. That's it's not fear mongering. It's not conspiratorial. It's it's a fact. They're terrified of what's to come in the 2024 election. They're uh, concerned about truths being exposed, the lies being exposed, and what the truth really is. And they're just not happy with the dissidents of uh, people like us on the right, um, even moderates and things like that. Again, they... I see the uh, the chats are filling up. The uh, viewers are filling up. Hit the like button. Hit the follow. The like the thumbs up button is really important because it actually propels the video into Rumble space where it gets uh, recommended to other great patriots like yourselves who are taking the time to listen to my annoying voice at 8 a.m. Eastern every morning, Monday to Friday, on Rumble 1776Live.tv. Put that right in the web browser. It'll take you right to the Rumble channel, 1776live.tv. So this whole Hawaii thing, Maui, there are so many questions, and there are more questions than answers. And of course, you know, there was my dog again, the morning, the morning bark. He, uh, he's such a moron. You got to love him questions like why didn't the emergency they have the, the the biggest most intricate emergency broadcast system in in the country and it wasn't working it didn't work it didn't notify them the flyers are next to a large military base uh they didn't go off good morning hog nice to see you as always um there are this is the original capital of Hawaii before we took it over. They moved the capital to uh, Honolulu. And native land, native businesses refused to sell to developers. And now it's devastated. People are missing. Nobody seems to care. Aid being withheld, except it's from the Red Cross. The media is blocked out of the area in a 12-mile radius. There are some independent journalists that I know are there on the ground. Nick Sodor, um, who uh, is an unbelievable journalist. If you're not following him on Twitter, go follow him. Nick uh, uh, Sodor, S-O-R-T-O-R. He's there uh, speaking to locals. Good morning, Carol in Iowa. And hopefully just to get some real raw uh information from these people but it's no uh what they want to do is like places like black rock and vanguard they want to buy up this land i mean they have millionaires oprah uh, so many others they they all have a mega man lady gaga i believe they all have mega mansions there in this same area none of them were touched none of them were touched they're all fine or if I was one of them, even if I had a nice mega mansion, I'd want it to burn to the ground just so I can get a new one. But in any case, uh, people lost everything. And they're already getting phone calls from real estate developers. Hey, we'll buy your land cash. You have the governor that is wants to do anything in his power to have the state 
take over the land, pay the people whatever they deem fit for the value of their land. Maybe they could develop it. Maybe they can make it into low-income housing, or they could sell it off to developers and build more beautiful homes for the elite because that's who is, is living there also. And it's, it's pristine oceanfront property, which they've been trying to get the natives there to sell for a long time. And then all of a sudden we have this devastating wildfire. People are missing. Boats are burned. I'm sure people you know, that were jumping in the water were, have, have, have in a panic and exhaustion drowned. And maybe they'll, unfortunately, there'll be bodies and remains washing up in other parts of, of the, you know, Hawaii and other places, or unfortunately the, effects of marine life in, in, in the ocean, they have to eat too. And it's just, it, it's horrible all, all around, but they're not, again, we're not hearing enough. We're not hearing enough about what's going on. And of course, the Biden administration with that sicko that they got in there, John Podesta, Obama retread, you know all about John Podesta, the emails, the sick, just... The guys, I don't even understand how he can have any type of security clearance or be allowed in a government building again. But whatever, that's a whole other story, a whole other episode. They are right now blaming climate change for the Maui fire. And this is where we segue into what's going to be next we have apparently there are wildfires in Houston, in Spain, in uh, I think it was uh, was it Dominican Republic, I believe, all, all over the world. And yeah, it, it is wildfire season. It is you can't deny that. But what are they really looking to do? Well, we know because it, apparently there's leaks inside the UN saying that they're looking for climate lockdowns and you know to stop people from polluting the air and keeping everybody safe. But this is uh, from Breitbart. John Podesta, look, he just looks sick and evil. John Podesta blames climate change for Maui fire, touts the Inflation Reduction Act as a solution. You can't make this up. John Podesta, the senior advisor to the president for clean energy innovation and implementation, took to the White House briefing room podium on Wednesday to blame climate change for the Maui wildfire and to tout the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, we need to promote the Inflation Reduction Act. We have this wildfire in Maui, just so coincidentally and conveniently. Let's talk about climate change and scare everybody And that if we don't do anything to uh, lessen hurting the climate, well, we're going to lose it all, and climate change is going to burn the world because we're at a boiling point in this country, remember? They said it right there at the UN. We're We're... We're beyond global warming now. We're at global boiling, okay? Where I am in New York, it really we're in mid-August. We really should be nine, having 90-degree days, the dog days of August, whatever you call them, right? Today, yesterday, 80 degrees, just 80 degrees. Last night, we turned the air conditioners off. It was chilly last night, raining, <clears throat> like, stop, to stop. Inflation Reduction Act, most most inaccurately named bill. No, absolutely. They got to have a bigger story than the government targeting Trump. 100%. 100%. They have to do what they can to try to bury the, the, the Trump story 
away from the mainstream media and the hoping that the negative messaging from that isn't going to wake up more people. <clears throat> Claiming, okay, so let's see. All right, they're blaming the climate change for the Maui wildfire. Claiming that the summer had brought one climate disaster after another. They do this all the time, obviously. If it's not if it's not wildfires, it's earthquakes or it's tornadoes. You know, if there was a rash of tornadoes, it's, oh, my God, climate change. We're in hurricane season technically all the way, what, until September or November or, or so, whatever it is. And we haven't really seen much anything there. We'll get a couple. That'll be climate change. So claiming that the summer had brought one climate disaster after another, Podesta connected hot temperatures to the fires in Maui. Though there is no direct evidence linking climate change to the disaster, the biggest environmental factor, as the San Francisco Chronicle recently reported, was the spread of invasive alien grass species. Alien grass! It burns. Oh, my God. We have alien. Is it, oh, is it green? Of course it's green. It's grass. Little green alien grass, which are more flammable than the indigenous vegetation of Hawaii and which used a recent wet winter to grow rapidly, providing even more fuel for the flames. Even if that were true, how is it climate change? Or you have a more flammable grass that was alien to the area, not indigenous to the area. You need a spark. Where did the spark come from? Where did, where did that come from? Direct energy? <gasps> Dare I say direct energy weapon. I don't know. I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on this early in the morning. But you never know. Podesta then claimed to stop these disasters from getting even worse. No, I mean, that's obvious. It's, it's alien grass. Mow your, mow your lawns, people. Mow your lawns. <laughs> to stop these disasters from getting worse, <clears throat> we have to cut the carbon pollution that is driving the climate crisis. And that's what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. President Joe Biden recently admitted to donors that the Inflation Reduction Act was misnamed. And it was really about subsidizing and funding climate change spending. So AP, AP Unfiltered, you were absolutely right. Who had alien grants on their bingo cards? <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't even. There's a, to be honest, I didn't even read this article. I saw the headline. And and sorry, yesterday. So let's, let's pedestrian climate change. Let, let's let's break this down. Alien grass. Did it come on UFOs? Did the seeds fly over on little UFOs? And they just oh my god, stop it. Asked later in the briefing about prominent failures of green companies, Podesta <clears throat> Podesta described that to the natural failure rate of any kind of investment. He did not address the administration's role in Proterra, an electric bus company that failed this week. Oh, listen, electric is going to fail. It's going to fail every time. Podesta, who is President Bill Clinton's chief of staff, is a well-known left-wing activist and Democratic staffer responsible for helping build and maintain a network of left-wing institutions. He also chaired Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. That's right. Podesta spoke as the death toll in Maui continued to rise and reports emerged warning that hundreds of children might be dead. There's, I think, over a 1,000 people missing, and I think at this point, they're between, like, what is it, 100 and 300 people dead? I don't know what the last count is. The approximate cause of the Maui fire is unknown, which, okay, completely understandable in, in, in reality. 
wildfires are very hard to investigate and it, it takes time. However, I don't think we will ever know the real reason or the real cause of this fire. We may get a fabricated one at some point. Though, here we go. Exposed power lines and high winds are thought to be a possible factor. Okay. So, if it's power lines and there are high winds, which you're on an island on the ocean where it's more windy and you're going to get high winds, you're going to get high winds, you're going to get windy days. Climate change. Climate change. Why is John Podesta blaming this on climate change? Well, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is more like a bill for an act for subsidizing and funding climate change spending. So, again, it's misnamed. The fear, look what happened to Maui. It looks like a nuke went off when you look at it. When you look at all of the cars on what they call it, Front Street or whatever it was, right on the water and boats burning. And then you see the videos and the overhead videos of, of just mass devastation. I mean, uh, it, it, it's like every volcano erupted on the island at once, which, and I'm not a climate, I'm not a climate expert, but wouldn't you be more concerned about the volcanoes erupting uh, than... Because of climate change, what would climate change do do to volcanoes? Like, I don't know if they've thought that one out. This one, it's now they're saying high winds and maybe exposed power lines and this weird alien grass that's not indigenous to the area that's more flammable. You still had to have a spark, the power lines, the high winds from climate change. Blew the power lines over and started this fire. And And then the extreme high winds from climate change. It's just so idiotic. But people aren't going to look all into that. They're going to see the devastation, the dead kids, the missing kids, the dead people, the cars looking like a nuke went off and like, oh, my God, climate change. What are we going to do? We have to stay in our homes and we can't drive our cars because we're killing the atmosphere. The carbon is just the carbon emissions is just too much. We have to wear masks, too, because our footprints just from breathing, it's, we, we're, we're, polluting, we're polluting the world. We're polluting the We'll lock everybody down. Lock them down. Maybe not the whole country. Maybe parts of the country. Maybe, like, during, when we get closer to election time, we'll start having all of these weird power outages and blackouts. And, and here's the thing. <clears throat> and, and I said it last night. If they decide that there needs to be we'll call them lockdowns uh, I, I lack of a better term um, limited movement curfews uh, not able to use certain energies because joe biden has found a way to uh, tyrannically sign executive orders because of a climate emergency, which we've already heard, it's not out of the cards of possibilities. Well, I'll say this. If you as an American, at this point, after everything we've seen and gone through during the scamdemic, which don't dismiss another one coming, then 
anyone out there that's going to comply with any type of lockdown or restriction of your movement in this great republic of ours, you really have to sit down and have and 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 search your inner soul. Okay, search your inner soul about complying with this tyrannical bullshit. Because if America is going to comply with this, we have no chance. If, if and I'm talking Americans, because here's the thing. America, we are, we're, humans are weird, okay? Could be manipulated to do anything throughout history. Now is the time, more than ever, and I've been saying this for years, to think on your own. I never wore a mask. I didn't get a jab. And if I had a job that forced me to get it, I would exit that job and I'd figure it out and I would adapt and overcome and I would not let myself become a slave to them wanting me to get jabbed or wear a stupid face diaper and things like that. And I wouldn't do that for any type of climate lockdowns. They're going to have to, they would have to arrest us all. And, and that's the thing, there's power in numbers. Because if that's not going to happen and you're going to comply out of convenience and enough people are going to do that, then it's over. It's over before it started. There'll be no 2024 victory. There'll be no get out and get the vote out. There'll be no get out and 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 work to to fight against tyranny. There'll be none of that because you'll all be little sheep worrying about getting bracelets put on your wrists and being thrown in a jail cell. They cannot arrest us all. And you'll see the true patriots who are not going to abide by tyrannical movements in government, govern, government that's going to cause lockdown. And I believe they'll definitely try. And you're right, there's nothing by, by, at stopping them for enacting lockdowns for climate change. And I believe that might be their go-to to just subvert an election, to, to delay the election, to postpone the election, cancel the election because of a climate change emergency because of the, and, and the fear mongering of them, you know, using the terms, we're in a boiling era. Oh, it's, it's really hot this summer. It's hot every summer. It's hot every summer. So Matt Kim, I played a video of him yesterday in reference to um, Georgia. He's got another video. This guy's good. You got to follow him over on Twitter. Matt Kim, he's at, he's at Matt Attack something or another. Just look him up. He'll come up. He has another video of him talking about the wildfires, and it's uh, pretty good. What's going on in Maui? There is a lot to unpack, so try to keep up. Several wildfires have broken out on the island of Maui, creating mass devastation and destruction, most notably the town of Lahaina. Lahaina. This is not the people's fault, and our hearts go out to those affected. Why is Lahaina significant? It was once the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii, prior to the forced U.S. annexation and the eventual move to Honolulu. Lahaina is filled with native property and business owners that have dug their heels in and have refused to sell their properties to conglomerates such as BlackRock, Vanguard, and Oprah. Oprah. 
unglobalized prime oceanfront property still owned and managed by the natives. So what caused this destruction? Short answer, no one knows. All government agencies, local and federal, have vehemently stated that it is unknown. However, there are two competing theories online. One, environmental, the perfect combination of a major hurricane 200 miles off the southern shore of Maui, combined with northern pressure to create massive dryness and winds. Or two, diabolical, something the conspiracy theorists call a DEW, direct energy weapon. What? I had the same response, so I started Googling. The first article that pops up when you Google Maui DEW is from Newsweek. It starts like this. The devastating wildfires in Hawaii have brought a new conspiracy theory from climate change deniers who suggest that <laughs> the destruction was orchestrated by the federal government's direct energy weapons. Ugh. Anytime a propaganda media article starts with conspiracy theory by climate change deniers, makes me want to believe it more. Mm -hmm. Next article, fact-checked, false. Wait, what? I thought the facts were unknown. But how can we rule out trending theories as impossible already? <clears throat> Joe Biden just announced that the federal government will provide aid to those that lost their homes. That means homeowners who lost their houses and properties can now loan money from the federal government at a low interest rate. Your super valuable property that is skyrocketing in value, you can now get a new mortgage courtesy of Uncle Sam. Hmm. There are also countless efforts by the people to send aid and support to devastated areas. This would be great, except local residents are now saying that they are having difficulty delivering such aid and only FEMA and Red Cross aid is being allowed in. Roadblocks everywhere. No one allowed in or out. Hmm. And Maui is an island surrounded by water next to one of the largest U.S. military bases. Local residents are saying that they received no advanced warning that they only evacuated once they saw the thick black smoke at their doors. That's bizarre. Why was the federal response so slow on this matter, waiting until the fire had overtaken this area prior to action? I don't know what's going on in Maui. Our hearts go out to all those affected, and we pray for your safety. But what I do know is that there are more questions than answers. Yep. And anytime that's the case, especially when global self-interest benefits and people suffer, well, you know, Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. He's absolutely right. Climate change deniers. We, we know that term. I'm familiar with it. I'm a climate change denier because climate change is not real. It's bullshit. Okay? So, remember, a few years ago, we were the unvaccinated, the... We were the problem. We were the dirty, affected people that didn't care about anybody else, the unvaccinated. So now we will have a new name. Well, we have one, but it will be promoted more in the media and among left-wing pundits and politicians. The climate deniers are a danger to this country and a danger to the world. Climate deniers live everywhere. And we need to lock these climate deniers down so they don't do any more damage. And we need to cut or interfere with supply chains, like food, food supply chains. Like, there you go, ban, ban mama. See that? 
Yes. Yeah, so the Hawaii governor is announced. He announced that they're going to do everything they can to acquire the land and give the homeowners whatever they deem their land is valued at, which will be next to nothing. And I believe Joe Biden announced each person's going to get a whopping, I think, $700 relief check. Was it $24 billion going over to Ukraine? <clears throat> yeah, warning developers against predatory land grabs. Everybody's getting phone calls from developers asking if they want to sell their land. So before anything is enacted, how much land is going to be sold off? And I think it's going to be important to see, which would be public anyway, for land sales on who's selling out of desperation for needing them because insurance claims are being denied. But insurance claims eventually could be reversed uh, with pol- with, with uh, policy loopholes. But who's going to be buying these properties? Is it going to be large developments, develop developers and the conglomerates that are owned by companies like BlackRock and Vanguard? So... I believe I believe it's seven hundred dollars. Yeah, Ukraine gets the whole cake, man. And meanwhile, they're over there in 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 Ukraine. Hold on, let me grab this and see. Uh, here they are over there. There's a side by side video, which you might have seen floating around. You got Maui in 2023, and you got Ukraine in 2023, and this is the difference. <laughs> Look at this. They're all partying. Over $20 billion in Ukraine, $12 billion for Hawaii. It's so sick. I want to go to Ukraine. Look how beautiful it is. Look at that devastation. $700. $700. Here's your $700. Now get the fuck out. $700. It, it's it just, it, it's, if it doesn't make you angry, I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Like it's it's bad. Yeah, people that don't know what's going on, it's making me sick too. And there are so many people that really aren't paying attention and that are oh, everything's fine. FEMA and, and Red Cross are doing what they're supposed to do. Twelve mile radius, they're not allowing press in. Twelve miles right now. Some people are getting in and able to talk to locals, but people are being told they cannot go through and threatened with arrest. And they have, you know, police are told to shut down any type of pop-up, uh, pop-up aid station of of people bringing things in to to help people. No, oh, that's a Red Cross and FEMA. It's just you're you're. It's concerning, and they're gonna bury this. With climate change, climate change, climate change. And that's going to be it. I want to play a video. Um, one of the memers, we play her videos often. Uh, Lauren Eve. It's like a, a, you know, a little 
I get a pray for Maui video and she made it with another memer, but it's, uh, it just shows you just check this out. Of course, doesn't want to play for me. It's the, the government doesn't want to allow it. Hold on. Let's see. You gotta love it. Oh, that's wild. On Twitter, I just played a Twitter video. This 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 video doesn't want to play. Oh well, I guess maybe we'll come back to that. But there was a uh, reporter that got on the ground from uh, Breitbart, Christina Wong. She's always uh, got good stuff. On the ground in Maui, a reporter's firsthand experience of the disaster and the unanswered questions. Because again, there are more questions than answers, and none of these questions are being answered. They're being deflected. West Maui, Hawaii. I arrived in Maui. This is Christina Wong. I arrived in Maui last Monday, August 7th, ready for a week of snorkeling, surfing lessons, and relaxation. The first sign of trouble was our plane hitting rough turbulence as we were descending. Kids screamed, some in fear and some in delight. As the plane swerved up and down, the pilot joked over the loudspeaker that it was a good thing we had seatbelts. It's always cool when you have a pilot with a sense of humor, right? As you're worried if you're going to go crashing into the ocean. <laughs> I had read that Hurricane Dora would be passing by the island that week and that winds were expected to be high and could drive waves up to 15 feet. I had made a mental note to be careful while in the ocean, but I never thought the threat would come from land. Nothing seemed amiss at our hotel at Canapali, uh, just about three miles north of <clears throat> Lahania. Lahaina. I, Lahaina. I, I, I can't say any of these Hawaiian words. Well, come on, man. <laughs> Another sign of trouble came from a friend from high school who happened to be on Maui. We chatted via social media how bad the winds were. He said that he and his wife had been scheduled to fly out of Maui two days ago. This was back on the 7th, it seems. But their flight was canceled twice. Jet lagged. I went to sleep around 9.30 p.m. local time. I woke up sometime in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I remember pick up, picking up my phone thinking it was way too early to have woken up. I think it was sometime before 3 a.m. I tried to turn on lights as I made my way to the bathroom in pitch black, but nothing would turn on. I thought perhaps the lights required the insertion of a key card somewhere in the room. However, when I glanced at my phone again and saw that it had not charged, I realized that the power had gone out and assumed that the winds had knocked out the power lines. So I went back to sleep. I woke up around 5.30 a.m. and headed to the hotel gym. On the way, I stopped at the hotel Starbucks. They had lost power and were only serving cold drinks and pre-made food. There was power at the gym, but it went out a few times when I arrived. My husband and I walked down to a nearby mall called Whaler's Village to look for breakfast. Everything was closed except for a boba tea cafe that had their grand opening that day. Dozens lined up because it was the only place open. Back at our hotel, there was one small store open, which had basic toiletries, souvenirs, and snacks. We grabbed a few things for breakfast. We were told power would be restored by midnight. Like other hotel guests, we spent most of Tuesday sitting around and now closed pools, or at the beach. Sometime during the day, we were told there were four wildfires, most likely caused by down power lines from the wind. Later, we walked to the beach farther down from our hotel, where some of the people were able to get cell phone service. I tried texting my parents in case they were worried, but was unable to send anything out. I then received a text message from my friend Eric, asking if we were okay. Since he lived on the East Coast, I assumed the fires had made national news. I let him know we were fine and asked if he could let my parents know we were okay. I tried posting on social media to let everyone else know I was okay, but internet service was still non-existent. <clears throat> Back at the hotel, food and water was becoming scarce. Hundreds of guests waited in line for an hour for lunch and dinner. 
which were being prepared at makeshift outdoor grilling stations. Some guests unaware of meal service times missed the meals entirely or did not get in line before the food ran out. The sun went down as I waited in line for dinner. It was then that I saw the giant wall of flames towering over Lahania, shockingly close to us. Hmm, check out that picture. That's, that's pretty wild. A woman from Texas I had chatted with earlier looked at me. She gestured towards the fire. Did you see that? She asked with her eyes wide. I nodded and smiled wearily. Figured that if hotel staffers weren't panicking yet, we must be okay. I could see the silhouette of palm trees and buildings against the flames, but I could not see anything in detail. I assumed people there had evacuated. I was wrong, but I didn't know that at the time. Instead, I felt lucky to have received one of the 12 hot dogs left at the grill with dozens of hungry people still in line. Look at that picture of the flames with the, or the palm trees. Oh, check this out. On Wednesday morning, I got a sense of how bad things were. Like dozens of other guests, my husband and I were at the hotel's front desk pressing for updates on when the power would be back up. A bit exasperated, a hotel worker told us, we don't have phone or internet access either. The only time we get updates is when our manager goes to the command center. Then he said, our main town is gone. The National Guard is pulling bodies from cars. People are melted on the sidewalk. Wow. I left the counter in horror. Later that day, the winds died down a little, and the raging fire of Lahania turned to thick plumes of smoke as helicopters ferried back and forth the skies, dumping water on the remaining fires. The mood was dark, and tempers flared among guests. People were scared, tired, and hungry, and trying to, le trying to get leave. A tree had fallen outside the hotel, blocking the road, and people exchanged stories of trying to drive to the airport on their own and getting lost or stuck somewhere. One woman said her children had driven to the other side of the island and she hadn't heard from them since. Hundreds of people lined up to buy whatever food was left at the hotel's one open store. People were taking the coffee pots in their hotel rooms and trying to fill them up at clean water stations set up in the lobby. We had another night of darkness and silence. On Thursday morning, there was finally a plan in place to evacuate hotel guests via buses to the airport and fly us to uh, Oahu to a FEMA staging point at a con hold on, I lost my place at a convention center where we could either find nearby lodging or be flown home. Hotels in the area were either requiring departure or strongly recommending it due to the dwindling supplies of food and clean water on the island. So they're losing everything. There's no power. There's fires raging, people melting on sidewalks. It's horrible. Hundreds of us packed up our suitcases and waited in a messy line for the buses to arrive. Before arriving, before being told the buses were actually stopping at a different place a quarter mile away. As word spread, people made a mad dash to the new location with some leaving their families behind in an attempt to get a good place in line. No, like meet me there. I would not separate in a time like this. We waited for another hour or so in sweltering heat as others drove by, sometimes snapping pictures or filming us. Finally, two yellow school buses arrived. People burst into cheers at the side of the buses, but with an overestimated 1,000 people, over an estimated 1,000 people in line, the good mood soon evaporated. About an hour and a half later, three more coach buses finally arrived. My husband and I were able to board the second. The buses drove us past Lahania, where we saw the devastation for ourselves. The entire town was reduced to rubble, with only the skeletons of trees, cars, and building frames left. Like, like a nuke went off. It's wild. Look at this. I mean, it's like something you would see in the Middle East. 
after, you know, we dropped a bomb on like an ISIS terrorist. Look at that. It's so wild. It's also wild. Some of these palm trees still having palms on them. It's just wild. Let's see if this... Uh... The unanswered questions. As of Wednesday, August 16th, at least 106 people have been confirmed dead with over 1,000 accounted for. And I think that death toll went up in the past 24 hours. The death toll is expected to rise with only a fraction of Lahania searched. It has already become the deadliest fire in the United States in over 100 years. I replayed the week over and over in my head trying to figure out how things could have turned out differently. Search for answers but remain puzzled. The timeline, according to news and official sources, has left me with many questions. The power outages in Maui began as early as 6.45 p.m. on Monday, August 7th. That was according to the Hawaiian Electric for Maui County. The first brush fire in Kula would not reportedly begin until about six hours later, around 12.30 a.m. About five hours later, around 5 a.m., crews are responding to power outages around Lahania, according to Hawaiian Electric. About an hour after that, around 6.30 a.m., a brush fire would break out in Lahania, according to the County of Maui Facebook page. Several hours later, the County of Maui would post on its Facebook page that the Lahana fire had been 100% contained shortly before 9 a.m. However, seven hours later, around 4.45 p.m., Maui County posted there was an apparent flare-up of the Lahana fire. I want to know why people weren't warned to evacuate earlier due to the strong winds and the likelihood of downed power lines and the subsequent risk of fires. Where was the emergency system that they have on this island for volcano eruptions, tsunamis, and all of this other stuff? I also want to know why downed power lines weren't de-energized as alleged in a lawsuit, already lawsuits. I want to know why after the power went out beginning on Monday, more people weren't evacuated as a precaution. I want to know how exactly Lahana residents, if they had lost power and cell access, cell phone access like I did, were being warned about the encroaching fires. Again, the, a warning system, military base right there. I want to know what did author, what authorities did between the Lahana fire first began and when it flared up many hours later. I also want to know why the island's warning sirens were never activated. That's the biggest thing right there. Uh, Throw out an alert. There's no power. I mean, I, but they have backup. Those, those, I would imagine there was power at the at the military base as well. I want to know why authorities did not do more to prevent what seems like an entirely predictable and avoidable tragedy. I want to know how a whole town has been able to be wiped out in a single day. I, we want to know who's responsible for this. And it's that's wild. And again, this is a Breitbart article from Christine Wong. Who she's always doing uh, some great reporting uh, for them and uh, Christina Wong and 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 social social medias. It's wild, and again, more questions than answers. You know, Donald Trump was criticizing Joe Biden of his response, which only after that they had announced yesterday that Joe Biden announced his visit to Maui after Donald Trump's criticism of his response. Joe Biden was scheduled to visit Maui. Again, after Donald Trump criticized him for smiling and saying no comment when asked by the press about the rising death toll from the wildfires there last week. Oh. Oh. No comment, people, with your stupid smirky smile. Oh, here we go. Let's see if this will... Look at him. No comment. I'm going to smile and wave. 
No comment. Come on, man. No comment. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's uh, a lot of questions. Trumpeter, you know, criticize him, and then all of a sudden, oh, all right, Joe Biden's going to, he, he's going to go. He's going to go. So this morning, right, today's Friday, White House Press Secretary of the Equity Hire, Corrine Jean-Pierre, announced in a statement, the President and First Lady will travel to Maui on Monday and find the nearest ice cream shop. I saw you, AP Fun Filter. I'm going to get chocolate chocolate chip. August 21st. Monday, August 21st, he's going to meet with first responder survivors as well as federal, state, and local officials in the wake of the deadly wildfires on the island. Oh. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I don't believe in coincidences anymore. You know what else is happening Monday, August 21st? Anybody? Anybody at all in the chat know what's happening on Monday? That's this coming Monday. I believe at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Donald Trump, that's when he announced he was having a all-out press conference at Bedminster to address his Georgia indictment. And he has until Friday to surrender for the arraignment. That is happening Monday, August 21st. As far as I'm, I know, it's still going on at 11 a.m. Eastern. I may even be there. So this morning, which Thursday, which they must have really announced it really early in the morning, that the president and first lady will travel to Maui on Monday in hopes to clog the media or pull media away from Trump's big press conference. Or just get more people to watch what sleepy Joe Biden's going to be doing in Maui. I want to know what the, how the first lady's going to be dressed because she really, you know, knocks him dead with her ridiculous outfits. Yep. It's going to meet with first responders, survivors, as well as federal, state, and local officials. And I hope some of those survivors really, if they, they get a chance and say, what are you doing to us? What are you doing here? He should go, Trump should go to Mar-a-Lago and force them to come get him. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. Or just stay at Bedminster. It doesn't matter, either one. Like, come and get me. I'm here. I don't know how that would go. Yeah, so far, again, 106 people have been confirmed dead and more than 1,300 remain missing. It's, uh, it's freaky stuff. I'm going to see if I can get this video to play now. Nope. That video does not want to play, and I don't know why. Other videos played, that one just, they don't want us to watch it. I'm just going to do a refresh here because I thought it was a really good video. Let me see. Yeah, it's not. No, hold on. I might have it, people. I might have it. Uh, nothing there. Police chief saying only 3% of the five square miles 
have been searched by cadaver dogs so far. 89 have been confirmed dead now of just 3% of this search site. But we don't want this to become uh, a clear space where then, yes, people from overseas just come and decide they're going to take it. The state will take it and preserve it first. Preserve it. In the last 10 years in the U.S. We've been pulling people out since last night, trying to save people's lives. And I feel like we're not getting the help we need. We've also authorized one-time payments of $700 per household. We wouldn't have the essence of the original building. So it's just, yes, it's just, it's just. I would like to express my sympathy and warmest regards to the people of Hawaii, and specifically all of those who have been so gravely and irreparably hurt by the tragedy of the wildfires in Maui, something the likes of which have seldom been seen anywhere at any time. The death caused by this catastrophic event will be far worse than ever expected now that houses and cars and other areas are being inspected. The sad thing is it should never have happened. Our government was not prepared, and very importantly, the aftermath is going very poorly with the governor of the island wanting to do nothing but blame it on global warming and other things that just happened to pop into his head. When asked about it today, as he was getting into a car, perhaps coming home from the beach, where he has been spending a great deal of time, Crooked Joe Biden, the most incompetent president in the history of our country, with a laugh and a smile, said he had no comment on the death and the tragedy. To say no comment is oftentimes fine, but to be smiling when you say it, especially against such a tragedy as this, is absolutely horrible and unacceptable. It is a disgraceful thing that Joe Biden refuses to help or comment on the tragedy in Maui, just as he refused to help or comment on the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, for a very, very long time. In any event, hopefully everyone will be able to pull together so that a horrible situation does not get even worse. To the families affected, I give you my love and sympathy. Nothing can ever replace your loved ones, but you will always have the memories and will feel their great love surrounding and embracing you. Together, we will continue to carry their legacy forward and I love you all very much. Thank you. 24 billion in Ukraine and every household, not every person, every household in Hawaii, in Maui, in that area that was devastated by wildfires is going to get $700. That's it. $700. Remember that scene in Goodfellas when Henry... Goes back to the boss after everything. The boss is Paul. He's frying the sausage. And he says how desperate he is. And he pulls a wad of cash out of his pocket. Here. Take this. Now I got to turn my back on you. And it was like $3,500 for a lifetime. They had said. Not even enough to buy the casket when they kill him. These people lost everything. And Joe Biden's there eating ice cream. Pulling out of his pocket. Here. It's $700 per household. Now I got to turn my back on you. $700 for a lifetime. 
after you just lost a lifetime worth of possessions and property that properties that were probably in homes for decades, decades and decades. And this is our government. And they are fucked up. I want to get to one more story. We might go a little over nine, but, uh, you know, first, and I'm looking for, I'm not donating to the Red Cross for this. I need to find a legit organization that's going to be allowed to provide aid to these people. And then I, I will 100% donate to that. And of course, what helps me make the donations to things that I donate to and support is for people like you or others out there that want to support my conservative-owned Patreon business, mypatriotcigars.com. Cigar company, I own it. Use promo code MAGA, get 25% off, free shipping over $100. And I like to support veteran services, first responder services, and I also like to provide deployed service members with cigars at a discounted rate and facilitate getting them there. So mypatriotcigars.com, use promo code MAGA for 25% off the entire website. And uh, hopefully I can come across, it goes my dog again, hopefully I can come across a decent nonprofit charity that's helping the people of Maui through these uh, devastating wildfires. If anybody knows of a real vetted, legit one, and they want to tell me either in the comments or you want to shoot me a DM on Twitter, Obviously, my social medias are in the ticker right below the video, so make sure you're following me there as well. All right, I definitely want to get to... I don't have... We don't have a, a big humidors yet. I'm working on that. We just have... No, not humidors, just small travel cases. But I'm, I'm working on a... Uh, hopefully a project on a Patriot Cigar humidor that we'll have available on the website. But... Um, we have four different cigars in a sampler pack. We get five packs or boxes. And we also have, um, there's a limited release on there called the Sidewinder. Uh, that's a great cigar too that's uh, only available in five packs. But mypatriotcigars.com, you can use promo code MAGA, get 25% off. And if you're on the mailing list, sometimes we do better deals than that. If you're on the mailing list only or only following on social media at Patriot Cigar Company on Instagram, sometimes we'll do a 30, 35, or 40% off deal for those who are only on the mailing list. Okay, I want to get to this. All right, Donald Trump getting indicted fourth time in Georgia. Is this going to be the last indictment is the question. Because you have that sicko, which <laughs> a Gateway Pundit article called her pig pile, Katie Hobbs, the Arizona governor, which... A lot of questions there. If she's truly the truly elected governor of, of Arizona with all of the election integrity that went on there, sarcastic. You know, was Carrie Lake the dual? Did Carrie Lake win? Um, who knows? But there was a lot of irregularities, especially on election day with ballots, wrong size, machines going down and things like that. But in any case, <laughs> big pile, Katie Hobbs. Says Arizona should prosecute Trump for challenging 2020 election. If you're going to challenge an election these days, they're going to criminalize you and they're going to indict you and they're going to throw you in jail. Because if they can do it to a, a sitting president at the time who questioned the 2020 election, a sitting president, he did it while he was sitting as president, then they can do it to you and me, Joe Shit the Rag Man, American citizen, for questioning. 
Well, I'm not questioning. I'm answering. The 2020 presidential election was rigged and stolen. So come and get me. Come indict me. Throw flash grenades. Make sure you bring enough of them because you people in the government allowed the sick, evil leftists and uniparty to rig and steal elections. That's a fact. Katie Hobbs said on Tuesday that President Trump should be prosecuted by Arizona for challenging the 2020 presidential election. Hobbs, or <laughs> Hoobs, pigpile, comment was reported by KTAR-FM. Hobbs said in response to being asked if she would like to see Arizona Attorney General Chris Mays follow Georgia and file charges against Trump, she said, quote, absolutely. I have been an advocate for holding folks involved in trying to overturn the will of the voters of, in the 2020 election, accountable. And this is part of that process. Let's see if we can hear this savage beast. Joining us now is Taylor Tassler, KTAR News reporter. You were able to hear what Katie Hobbs, the governor of Arizona, has to say about Trump. She was asked if she would like to see Attorney General Chris Mays follow suit with Georgia in filing charges against Trump. Absolutely. I have been an advocate for holding folks involved in trying to overturn the will of the voters of the, in the 2020 election accountable, and this is part of that. I'm thinking that Hobbs has already had the discussion with our attorney general about this I'm sure we don't hear from our governor a lot no we don't we don't hear from katie hobbs very much we don't hear her speak very much <laughs> she doesn't do interviews very much and when she speaks and she says something like this that is major when she says yes i think we should indict him in arizona that's huge i agree it is huge hobbs also said on the on on TV, another radio or another TV station, accountability is critical. I don't think we're going to change directions until there's accountability at the top level, Hobbs said. I think it should move forward and play out in the legal process. Hobbs later tried to walk back her comment via a staffer statement. Katie Hobbs, communication director, Christian Slater, provided this statement regarding the governor's answers. Governor Hobbs misheard the question. Oh, she was responding generally about her belief that anyone who breaks the law must be held accountable for working to overturn free and fair elections. As she has consistently stated, she believes in allowing the legal process to proceed independently and without political interference. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I don't know how long this... Spanning the Valley of the Sun? Yeah, we're not going to listen to this eight-minute conversation of Hobbs... But what I'm getting from this is, oh, I believe they're going to try to go after Carrie Lake. I believe they're going to go after a lot of people. And, you know, uh, even even the, the, the January 6th trial in D.C. with that judge um, who also apparently they're looking at, she's a you know, Jamaican immigrant. She came here, became a citizen. She's apparently related to see some of the most influential Marxist revolutionaries, Jamaican Marxists. Yes, we'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to run a little over today. It's 9 o'clock, but I got one more thing I want to talk about. So when are they going to indict Donald Trump in Arizona? 
I don't know if it's going to be an if or if it's going to be a when. They tried to walk back a statement. Oh, what are you doing? Because, of course, that'll be, that'll be ridiculed when they actually do it. But will something else come down about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden about all of their business dealings in all these foreign countries, whether it's China, Russia, you know, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, whatever it might be? The Patriot Roundup. That's a, the, the great Patriot Roundup. They're going to put everybody in paddy wagons. Get ready, people. Get ready. Chain yourselves to your boilers because they're coming to get you. They, you question the 2020 election. There's an indictment for you. There's an indictment for you. Oprah's going to be throwing indictments out. Everybody gets an indictment. You question the 2020 election. Four indictments. Will Arizona be the fifth? Will other places follow suit? And then it just raises the question. Yes, yeah, pray and pray. Absolutely. It raises the question. What are Republican elected DAs and attorney generals doing? Are there any investigations opened up on crimes that Hunter Biden might have done in their jurisdiction or other Democrats might have done in their jurisdiction? And we're just going to sit back. We're going to bend over and just keep letting the government and Democrats shove pineapples up our asses. Is that what we're is that what we're gonna do? Is that is that is that the thing now? <clears throat> and again, I've said it this week. I said it last night on We the People Radio, and I'll say it here again. Pay attention to the Republicans, the elected Republicans from local to national level that are not saying anything about Trump indictments, that are just sitting back trying not to be noticed or sitting on the fence. Just you know, waving their feet back and forth. I'm just going to see what happens, see which way the wind blows. That's going to help my political career instead of being actual patriots with balls and speaking out against these politically motivated indictments. You should have no faith in Republican leadership because Republican leadership in Congress and Senate is a joke, all of them. They are a joke, and they will continue to be a joke. And at some point, they'll be exposed to. But what's the most important thing here, people, is to make sure Donald Trump is on that ballot, is to get involved, ballot harvesting, um, early voting. I think everyone, I think every one of you should plan on voting early and not in person on the day of, which I was a big advocate for, but things have changed, people. The battleground has changed, and we have to play. We have to play the game better than the Democrats. But again, where else? And who else may get indicted? Who else? Who else? I I asked Roger Stone, a good friend of mine. I'm going to be on Steak for Breakfast. I believe with him tomorrow. I believe. Uh, I'm covering Steak for Breakfast podcast tomorrow. I'm doing the news with them. I was on on Tuesday. It was a great show. Go download them on Apple, Spotify, their audio only, Steak for Breakfast podcast. They have every Trump surrogate come through. I was on Tuesday there with uh, Cash Patel and uh, some of the great patriots from New York Young Republican Club, Gavin Wax and Paul Ingrassier and some others. And I'll be on Friday as well. Uh, and I, I believe Roger is uh, joining us. So anyway, I, I talk to Roger Stone all the time, and I asked him, I said, do you think in this January 6th case there's a possibility that they would try to target you and come after you again? And his answer is, I don't know. You know, General Flynn, you know, all of them. 
you know, they, they can they can start and then they can just figure, you know what, this came up in the trial. Let's just go. Let's throw an indictment with this guy, you know, and it, it's they're going to go after everybody, anybody and everybody. And it's going to be wild. And this is the individual that's going to be running that trial in D.C. Judge in Donald Trump's D.C. case related to the most influential Marxist revolutionaries. Now, remember this judge who has dealt with January 6th cases now um, is uh, sentencing them to more time than what the government is actually asking, which is wild. They are... If they're asking for whatever the amount of time is, she's adding time to that. And she's literally, while sentencing, basically talking about orange man bad. And she's now, miraculously, the Obama-appointed judge, Jamaican immigrant, is now going to be overseeing the Trump case. This judge is going to have the final say of what's going to be allowed to happen in her courtroom as far as what's going to be able to be presented as evidence and defense and prosecution and other things. Jury selection. This is just, she's just a disaster. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who was assigned to the January 6th case against 45, is related to some of the most influential Jamaican Marxists. Special Counsel Jack Smith indicted Trump on four counts related to his alleged effort to steal the 2020 election at the beginning of the month. If he was going to steal the election, why would he even leave the White House? He left. He left. He didn't go to the inauguration. He left. He left. Taking my hot model wife. I'm going to Mar-a-Lago. See you later, suckers. Interestingly, the Article 3 project revealed that Chutkin has family ties with the top Marxist revolutionaries in Jamaica. Born in Kingston, Jamaica in 1962, Chutkin's grandfather, Frank Hill, and great-uncle Ken Hill, played a key role in founding Jamaica's People's National Party. PNP. Ken Hill was by far the most influential member of a, Mar- of a Marxist group within the PNP, according to one member of the group. As one encyclopedia recounted, in 1939, Hill joined a Marxist group in the PNP, which became known simply as the left. One member, Richard Hart, wrote, Ken Hill, by far the most influential, was more pragmatic and less concerned with political theory than most members of the left. He probably began to consider himself a communist both as a result of the influence of his brother Frank and also his observation of the course of world events. Three years later, former Jamaican, Jamaican governor Sir Arthur Richards jailed Ken and Frank Hill for subversive activity. Richards singled Ken Hill out as probably the most dangerous subversive agent in Jamaica. Chutkin's mother, Noelle, is Frank Hill's daughter, and Ken Hill's niece, appointed to the federal judiciary in 2014 by Barry Hussein Obama. Chutkin is one of the many far-left judges that Barry Satoro nominated to the federal bench. In 2021, Chutkin ruled hundreds of pages of the former president's White House records could be turned over to the January 6th investigating committee, despite Trump's objections, as Breitbart News reported. She also donated to Obama's 2008 and 2012 political campaigns. It's interesting because all of the whole prosecution team in Georgia, they've, they're all Democrats, number one, and big, huge donors to Democrat campaigns, candidates, and fundraisers. In an unprecedented move, Obama appointed Chutkin and her husband, Peter uh, 
Krauthamer to highly sought-after judgeships in Washington, D.C. Oh, so her I didn't know that. She has a husband named Peter, different last name, who's also appointed judge by Barry Satoro in D.C. Chuckin's appointment came two years after her husband, Krauthammer, uh, Krauthammer, was sworn in as D.C. as Superior Court judge. Chutkin is also known to give harsher sentences to January 6th defendants than her peers on the federal bench. Hmm, interesting. Four of the six cases where judges sentenced January 6th defendants to prison over federal prosecutors' requests for lesser punitive measures happened in this Marxist Chutkin's courtroom. In one instance, Chutkin sentenced Matthew Mazzocco, a Texas man who pleaded guilty to parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol to 45 days incarceration, 60 hours of community service, and $500 restitution, prosecutors has recommended he be sentenced to three months home detention, 36 months probation, and 60 hours community service, and the $500 restitution. So put him in jail for 45 days when the federal prosecutor just asked that he have three months of home detention. If Mr. Mazzocco walks away with probation and a slap on the wrist, that's not going to deter anyone from trying what he did again, Chutkin said at Mazzocco's sentencing hearing. It does not, in this court's opinion, indicate the severity, the gravity of the offenses that he committed on January 6th. So she doesn't even care what the prosecutor says. She's going to do what she wants as far as the time. On Monday, Trump shared a quote from Chutkin during one January 6th defendant sentencing where she went after uh, Donald Trump, who obviously, yeah, this, oh my God, this is the, uh, Chutkin said this in reference to that. I see the videotapes. I see the footage of the flags and the signs that people were carrying and the hats that they were wearing. Bingo, here you go, MAGA hat stays on. And the garb, the garb, MAGA, we love America. You might have an American flag on your shirt. Take that garb off, you terrorist. And the people who mobbed that Capitol were there in fealty and loyalty to one man, not to the Constitution, of which most of the people who come before me seem woefully ignorant, not to the ideals of this country and not to the principles of democracy. It's blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains, remains free to this day, talking about Trump. She obviously wants me behind bars. Very biased and unfair, Trump wrote online. And it's a fact. She's a Marxist. Another Marxist-trained individual like the Black Lives Matter founders. You know she's a racist. You know she hates Trump. She hates you. She hates me. She hates anybody that's wearing this hat. You were in front of her, and she knew you were wearing this hat. She would throw the book at you and find a reason to. You're a threat. We are threats. We're domestic terrorists. Yeah. I love these people who claim to be Marxists living in capitalist countries. It's, uh, it's wild. It's just all these puzzle pieces coming together, and is it coincidences? No, it's not. It's just all... Just all bullshit. And it, it's, they're coming after us. They're not going to stop. They're not stopping. They will keep doing it. And this judge, this judge, this, listen, they want, they want to see Donald Trump in an orange jumpsuit dying in prison. That's what they want to see. They want to see him get locked up, get sick, and die. 
that's what they want. And it, it's sick. And I listen, I truly believe Donald Trump will never step foot in a jail cell. I just think it's out of the cards. I think this is all out of the cards. This is just an effort to uh, stop his campaign, uh, financially kill his campaign, and I, but it's not going to. It's not going to stop. He has no intention of stopping, and he, he made that clear. And I saw him on Sunday. He made that clear. This is not going to stop me. He will run for president, his words, he will run for president even if in a jail cell. And he can. You realize none of the charges he's charged with, if even if he was convicted, um, could stop him from running for president because they they have not charged him with sedition or or insurrection or anything like that. That was it, the Fourteenth Amendment would cover nothing. So in all of the so overall with the Florida with the Georgia indictments, he sees ninety one counts overall. In Georgia alone, if they maxed out the sentences, it's seventy six and a half years in Georgia. The years overall for the 91 counts, it's actually 727 and a half years overall for everything. If you were convicted of every single charge and max given the max sentence plus the death penalty. Yes. One of the things is like a, a thing with the death penalty. It's, it's uh, I think it's the defrauding the country or whatever that would, that was in DC. For questioning the 2020 election while you were the sitting president. Wild, right? Imagine what they could do to you for questioning elections if they really wanted to do when you're not the sitting president. In any case, that's going to be it for this morning. It is Freedom Friday Eve. We will be back tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. And tomorrow night, James Curry and I will be back for Freedom Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on rumble please before you exit the video just hit the thumbs up button for me the thumbs up button number is not matching the viewers so do me a favor and just hit the thumbs up it's not that hard hit it and it'd really be great if you can hit the follow button that would be great too not asking for a lot just asking to give a follow if you like the video and you're here watching it hit the thumbs up share it if you want on Twitter, retweet it, wherever you're watching, share, like, subscribe, whatever the option is. And I will also be covering the news for Steak for Breakfast tomorrow, and that episode will drop tomorrow evening. And I think we're going to have Roger Stone with us. And uh, yeah, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, Rumble1776live.tv, tomorrow night, Freedom Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll do memes of the week and other things. As always, forever, MAGA hat stays on. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.